and welcome back to From the Word Ghost, the paranormal podcast for believers and skeptics alike. I'm your host AJ and every week I bring a brand new paranormal story to try and convince my skeptic co-host Jamie. That's me! Of all things paranormal, before we get started in the episode today, we ask if you like the content, leave us a five-star review on any podcast listening platform. How are we doing this week, Jay? Yeah, we're good. I'm hot. <laughs> it's certainly it. getting warmer. Yeah. We're going to be fucked when it comes to proper summer <laughs> i totally forgot what it was like last year oh, and now my getting goodness. glimpses into it my goodness do you remember we had like the fan on we had ice going you spilled water all over yeah. the equipment god yeah damn. it was good fun <laughs> good fun so today's episode is pretty close to jay's heart now the only thing that jay likes more than mayonnaise is sitting now i'm no believer but if there is a heaven <laughs> i'm there Sitting in a recliner chair, one of those lazy boys, <laughs> up with my bowl of mayo. I'll never forget when you finished work and come to that barbecue. You just sprawled out on that laydown chair. Hell yeah, that God chair. Damn. I've taken ownership of that chair. <laughs> yes, Jay loves a chair, but even he would be hesitant to park his caboose in the subject of today's episode. The dead man's chair. I don't know, man. Does it recline? <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Busby, born in the late 1600s, was a well-known man in Kirby Whisk, a small village in North Yorkshire. I'm just going to stop you right there, because last week we said, right, you've got to find me a story that you believe that's got so much evidence. And from past stories, the further <laughs> we go back, the less evidence there is. And um, this is the 1600s, man, so we have not got the listen, most faith. Just keep your eye. Keep your, uh, keep your eye to yourself. Keep your eye. Just <laughs> keep listen. Your eye. Hey, man, Just listen. keep your damn eye. Just keep your eye. <laughs> Try not to lose Fuck your off. eye, man. <laughs> Busby was the owner of a small inn called Busby Stall Inn. But what he was best known for was being a petty crook and a thug. What a thing to be best known for. I mean, all your life you do charity work, you feed the homeless, <laughs> you tag one little wall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you rob one old woman's purse. And you're a you, crook and a thug for the rest of your life, man. <laughs> when not causing havoc, what he enjoyed most was having a drink at the inn while sitting in his favourite chair. Busby was notoriously quick-tempered after a drink. He would spend most nights getting plastered while in the chair and then instigate many fist fights after minor misunderstandings. I'm glad he's not around now because for like your modern day inconveniences. I just imagine like an Uber driver not bringing the sauces. That's a left hook. Straight away, that's a left hook. You're getting Spartan kicked right out the front door. The fuck out of here. Bring me back my barbecue sauce. God. Imagine him doing a podcast with you, with all the mistakes you made. Man, you'd be, be beaten, broken and bruised. Beaten black and blue every, every episode. Every week. <laughs> Just a new injury. In 1700, Busby, after having little success in the life of crime, met a forger by the name of Daniel Otty. Otty had recently bought a farmhouse. Otty had recently... <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I think I'm sunstroke. Otty had recently <laughs> bought a farmhouse. You know what Otty had done? He re- recently bought a farmhouse. Word on the street is... <laughs> Otty, had re- <laughs> <laughs> Otty had recently bought a farmhouse to better conceal his own involvement in the life of crime. He quickly started modifications to the house, including a number of secret rooms and paths leading from the cellar. Not only this, but he installed peepholes around the house. 
so that he could observe any visitors without being noticed. Great way to conceal his crime. <laughs> Someone just walking by, sees an eye pop out of the wall. Like, I think that's like one of my biggest fears growing up was like, used to creep me out. What, so that people much. would find your sneak holes in your house? <laughs> yeah, I'd be caught peeping. <laughs> No. Yep. No, no, it's all out there now. When you Aaron. see it in like Scooby Doo and shit like that, and the eyes start moving. Oh, yeah. Surely someone would see that, and you'd just be like, "What are you doing?" I mean, <laughs> like, you should be able to tell between human eyes and painting eyes, right? Painting eyes. Painting eyes. Painting eyes. Depends <laughs> how good of a painting it is, my friend. Well, he's not just going to have just a random hole in the middle of the wall. He's going to have like painting there to cover it. Surely. No, no, it's from outside. Why would you just put a painting on the outside of your house? <laughs> no, this is visitors inside the house he had peepholes inside i just imagine <laughs> just one painting on the outside of the house like, <laughs> what's going on here nothing illegal why would you assume that i'm just doing farm stuff i'm oddies milking are. cows picking eggs you know picking eggs here. did you pick eggs collecting eggs i what got an egg f- tree in the back farm stuff <laughs> ottie brought busby in on his new business forging counterfeit coins and the pair would make a killing But while their success grew, Busby's attention drifted from defacing the king's coin to Ottie's daughter, Elizabeth. The two fell in love and began courting, much to Ottie's disapproval. Ottie refused Busby when he asked for his daughter's hand in marriage. However, Busby didn't care and the two were married soon after. For a time, Ottie and Busby set aside their differences and continued their business together. Elizabeth moved into the inn with her new husband and all seemed good for all. Until, for no apparent reason, Ottie and Busby began to frequently argue. What about is not documented, but this went on for a number of years. One evening, Busby returned home to find Ottie was sat with a drinking hand in Busby's favourite chair. Ottie was adamant he was taking his daughter back to the farmhouse. But this did not faze Busby in the slightest. What Busby was concerned about was that Ottie had sat in his chair. Damn straight. Priorities. You get it, Busby. <laughs> yeah. As we said, that chair at our friend's house, I've claimed that chair. <laughs> Anyone sits in that chair. I just love that throughout the barbecue, the chair was just like remained vacant, ready for you to... <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Who's like the Jay's chair? Anyone who knows. turned up to the barbecue can't sit there. Jay's chair. Well, where's Jay? He's, he's, he's at work. He's, he's coming. <laughs> they must not. have thought, is Jay dead? Is this, <laughs> is this a memorial is chair? Is he for here Jay? right now? Is he sat in the chair uh, now? They go, oh, he's at work, is he? And then they reach a, a shake an imaginary hand. Nice <laughs> to meet you, Jay. <laughs> he was so enraged that he ripped Ottie from the chair and threw him out on the street refusing to give up on bringing his daughter home and safely away from the violent drunk. Ottie returned to the inn a few days later. When he arrived, he tried to forcefully remove Elizabeth from the inn, but to no luck. Whilst Ottie argued with his daughter, a drunk Busby returned to the inn, and so a screaming match started between the once partners in crime. Realising that there was no reasoning with the drunken Busby, Ottie returned home and wiped his hands of the situation. Busby did not share the same feelings. He sat in his chair and stewed on his thoughts until later that night when he went to pay Ottie a visit at the farmhouse. As soon as he arrived, he pulled out a hammer from his cloak 
and beat Ottie to death before burying his remains in the nearby woods. The escalation! Real fucking quick! Ottie's just like, I've decided, bygones be bygones. I'll, I'll leave you guys to it, I'll leave you now. Busby decided, hammer to the head. <laughs> that sounds like a peaceful reasoning. <laughs> Do you not know this is 1700? <laughs> The next morning, local authorities found the body of Ottie and had no doubts as to who was responsible. Police arrived at the inn to question Busby and they found Busby sprawled out on his favourite chair with the hammer laid on his lap. Jesus, you'd at least put the murder weapon away! <laughs> he's like literally wearing it like a chain and pendant. <laughs> just got home, he's like, oh, I'm oh. so tired. Murdering's hard work. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> really tucking me out. I, I'll take a few moments, I'll put, I'll put my... Nah, just go to just, bed. Just, just a small drinky poo in my favourite chair <laughs> with my favourite murder snuggle weapon. Snuggle into the hammer. <laughs> After a quick trial, Busby was sentenced to death by Gibbet. He would be publicly hung, tarred, and his body would be paraded across the town and chained to a gibbet, or a stoop, as a public reminder of the punishment for murder. I love in the thing, you're like, it's a gibbet. Or for those of you who don't know, a stoop. <laughs> and I still don't know! <laughs> I'm going to show you... I'm going to show you a picture of a gibbet, because it is fucking horrible. Look, this is... You oh, see it in is... movies all the time, shit like that. That's it's... fucking horrendous. For anyone, like, I'll try and describe it as best as possible. It's essentially a cage, cage around you, and I'm assuming there's, like, spikes and shit in it. It don't look comfortable. It does not look comfortable. It don't look as it nice as It don't look like my chair. chair. <laughs> it don't look like none of my chairs, that's for damn sure. I wouldn't be rushing to sit on that. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd pick the floor I mean, before sitting depends, at that on a party. Because they're standing up there, and now, if you rotate that, like, by 90 degrees... Now, now maybe, it's all... <laughs> while busby was being transported to the gallows he made one final request to have one last drink in his favorite chair it is said that at this moment he laid a curse on the chair saying that any that sit on his chair would meet the same fate of fate as him death could have been a really dramatic paragraph there <laughs> yeah but my stage three reading just didn't help me out also i think my final request would be let me live. <laughs> no. I have one request. I don't go through this. <laughs> As the locals gathered to watch the execution, they could all hear Busby screaming curse words and repeating, stay away from my chair. This man, dude, he loves a chair more than me. I'll say it. I'm not, I'm not too scared to admit You can it. never say that this guy has commitment issues because he's very loyal to that <laughs> he's one got chair. got the chair. As long as you have that chair, you've got Busby. <laughs> <laughs> For years after, locals say that they could see the ghost of Busby pacing at the inn, but most commonly sat in his chair. Everyone avoided the chair out of... <laughs> cheer. Cheer. Everyone cheer. avoided the chair. Cheer. Cheer out of fear. <laughs> Everyone avoided the chair out of fear of the curse until the... Ch <laughs> <laughs> you okay? I'm just feeling for temperature. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think you're burning up. I brother. think I'm be dying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Get your shit. Get all your shit. Get together. together. Get it together. Everyone avoided the chair out of fear of the curse until a chimney smoke. 
chimney smoke. Chimney smoke. Yeah, one of them chimney smokes. I love the chimney smokes. Leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, what did the chimney smoke do? Come on. He was a local at the inn, and he arrived for a drink after a long day's work. He decided to sit in what he thought was the best seat in the house. After leaving the inn, the man passed out outside the establishment. But the next morning, the man was found hanging from the same gibbet that Busby was placed in. The next notable instances of the curse was a series of unfortunate events. In 1942, locals that had been involved in the war, mostly the air forces, would take turns teasing each other at the inn, daring each other to sit in the cursed seat, which had now become a local legend. Every single man that chose to test the curse failed to return from their missions and were either reported as dead or were never seen or heard from again. Okay, right. So a lot of people died in this, obviously. But they were all going off to war. I mean, <laughs> I knew if one thing was just going <laughs> to turn your nose up, it would be this part right here. I mean, here. if we looked at because statistics... Because it makes, it makes sense. How I'm many people died in the war? A lot. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's not uncommon it's a, it's that like they don't a come high back. Probability. And fair, that's a fair point. Also, are you telling me that everyone 100% who sat in this chair died? Yes. Bollocks, because I've already read it up and they didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, spoiler alert, you're wrong. Everyone I read about. Oh, well, I've, I've got some truth bombs for you, friend. Get through your story. and then... I feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> that's because you are. Let's go. <laughs> In 1968, Tony Ershaw took ownership of the inn. He was known for being a sensible and rational man. Although he had known about the curse, he believed it to be nothing but superstition. That was until two pilots found themselves at the inn, mocking and once again daring each other to take a seat. They both did, and after a couple of drinks, the pair got into their car and headed back to their base. However, on the way, they lost control of their car and suffered a terrible car accident. Both died before reaching the hospital. The 70s soon hit and the victims of the curse grew and grew like never before. A cleaning lady that worked at the inn accidentally knocked into the chair and the next day was diagnosed with a brain tumour that killed her shortly after. As well as the cleaner... Over 12 tourists had mocked the chair and sat in it, all of which died in traffic incidents shortly after leaving the inn. Ershaw, now overcome with fear for his co-workers and punters, decided to get rid of the chair after a priest had deemed it to be evil. It was donated to a nearby museum under the ki- under <laughs> the condition. The Where are you? Under the condition that no one was to ever sit in it and this agreement was met. The chair now resides in the Thirsk Museum. It is mounted high on the wall as to stop any accidental or intentional sitting. Accidental sitting. Oh, no! I've fallen into the chair and I can't get oh, up. You know, I, I shall Austin have to Powers. relax here for the rest of the evening. I watched Austin Powers last night and he's like, oh, turbulence. Oh, I fell over. Oh, I fell over again. That's how I imagine. That's me in the accidental chair. Accidental sitting. every day I get home from work. I'm like, oh, no. Bex I've goes, Jake, fallen. before you sit down, can you uh, do the washing? I'm like, oh, oh, I've sat down down by accident <laughs> so jay every time someone has sat in this chair they have died or you are quickly going to tell me otherwise <laughs> once or twice i would accept that it could be nothing more than a coincidence or logical considering there were pilots in the war and 
had alcohol before driving home, whatever. But you cannot ignore that something spooky is going on. As you said, like, I think you've got to rule out some of them. Like Statistically, you've got people going to war. A lot of people yeah, are going to die that's in the a war. Logic, you've got to look at the logic. If you're going to take risks like having drinks and then go driving, <laughs> there's so many different things. Like They w- would have been at least a bit tipsy. Safety isn't like it is now. It's more likely. If you're putting yourself into that scenario, potential death. is. It's like me going and fucking sitting in the chair... And then going up to the top of a building on the roof, showing off my sick parkour skills. Yes. <laughs> did you die because you sat in that chair or did I die because I tried to attempt to backflip Trying off to do a fucking, something fucking telephone pole? Like, it, it's one of those things. I mean, the others are a bit spookier, but definitely not everyone died. I was looking this up, yeah? Your first death for one. The guy who was found hanging. Yeah, the chimney sweep. His mate did it. Oh. How did, how did you read that? Confess to it. <laughs> no way. His mate robbed him and killed him. No. Yeah. No. I'm, I promise you, bro. Get proof for I it. I promise didn't happen. you. I read it on multiple sources. <laughs> Where did you On read Google's this? like first page of sources as well. So fuck knows what you're doing, bro. <laughs> Oh, leave me alone. <laughs> so he sat in the chair and he's fine. He didn't. He didn't die. Well, he did die eventually because we all died. But <laughs> I mean, everyone who's sat in a chair will die at some point. So, I guess. so he he genuinely killed his pal. Killed his what was the motive? Robbed him. Well, to be fair, he still died. Are you going to tell me the chair? He still. It? He sat on the chair and he still died. Yeah, true. Which is why this sofa's haunted because one day <laughs> I will die. We will die. <laughs> Not me. And maybe it's the I'm chair. never going to die. Fair enough. We'll see. I'll tell you what, if this fucking room keeps getting any hotter, <laughs> I think I will be dead pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, so other than obviously shutting down my entire operation <laughs> here. I, I, look. <laughs> <laughs> look, I level with you. I read something else, actually. I'm just going to fuck your story up today. <laughs> just, they've done a thing on the chair. Like, they've looked at the chair and investigated in the chair. And the chair that is hanging up, isn't from the 1600s how do how can they tell because that? some sort of style or some sort of thing that they did is not like you know how they're not can prominent sort of, right yeah okay so they reckon it's from the 1800s i'll just push it up a little bit. <laughs> which would totally fuck the whole story no, i'll just change the date well bugsby was in a different chair <laughs> completely well then why is that one hanging out what know. happened to the actual chair not holes still in out there it's still, still, out there. still out there. The Busby chair. <laughs> Don't Where sit in is any it? chairs. Just we in could. Case. We could literally be sitting on Busby's chair right now. We could be. Fingers crossed. No more taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Should we go on to listeners? Let's story go then? on to fuck our listeners' story. Right. So this week we are continuing. Oh, with... by the sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on, Claire. That's so unprofessional. Stop butting in, Claire. <laughs> We're continuing with Claire's part two story. So I think, it, is it completely unrelated? You've listened to it already, yeah, right? Uh, um, I can't remember. I've listened to this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> It's been a little while. Professionalism, <laughs> baby. But it's uh, multiple smaller stories. They're not as in okay. great detail as the last one. Okay, cool. But yeah, some spokes. Now, let me tell you a couple of short stories that are quite freaky, but, you know, that's the whole point, I suppose. Like I said, grew up in a single mum household. Mum didn't drive, so we always got the train. So as soon as I started getting buses or, you know, friends had cars or whatever, and we would drive through Chadwell to Palmer's College, there's that bypass, like the bridge. And I'd always see a 
a, a man, late teens, early 20s, but he looked like he was straight out of a 90s film, like late 80s, early 90s film. But he wasn't there, like, he wasn't there, but he was there because I could see him. And he was always standing there, and I just knew that he had taken his own life. It's weird. How would you... How would you know? <laughs> just no. Just, no. just You know, I'll just look at you, Jay. And I think... <laughs> to be fair. Cholesterol <laughs> killed you. <laughs> Jesus I'm Christ. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's for Christ. fucking up my story, you <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and I look at you. And I think someone one day is gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> They're gonna, you're gonna get on someone's tits just a <laughs> little too much. It might be me. It might be me today. I think it might be. It might be me. <laughs> Mate, if you go missing later, I'm not releasing this podcast <laughs> ever. This is just is evidence never, against never you. Never going out. <laughs> I'm burning the desk. And for that, I'm going fucking AWOL for a bit just to make Jay sweat. <laughs> And so, you know, I've seen this this man for, well, 20 years now or so. And the other day I was taking my mum shopping and obviously we drive past that. And she said to me, why do you always look? Why do you always look at this specific point? And I said, oh, just, you know, I see if he's there. Sometimes he's, he's not there, but most of the time he is. And then she said, what are you talking about, Claire? And I said, well, I always see this dude. Late teens, early 20s, time period like 80s, 90s like late 80s early 90s i'm pretty sure he killed himself like i think he jumped off the bridge and my mum turned around to me and she went he did when we moved here i was born in london when we moved here i was only a baby she knew the boy's dad and he had in fact committed suicide there in a moment of heartbreak and desperation his girlfriend had, had broken up with him and he couldn't stand it and unfortunately he did unalive himself so i know that he was a real person too and my mum turned to me and she looked at me and she said, you know what, Claire, you've always been slightly odd. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Sorry, just ends there. You know what, Claire? You're a fucking weird <laughs> you, kid. You've always been odd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go off to school now. <laughs> Have a nice God. day. <laughs> no, get out of my fucking sight. <laughs> I mean, it's super creepy that you've seen the same same ghost for yeah. years, like 20 years, she said. She's seen this boy for 20 years? Yeah. Unaged. That's what she said, 20 oh, okay. years. okay. Because I was like, could definitely just be some kid who dresses Guy. up like it's from the 80s. Yeah. We definitely had a couple of them when we were we, when we were at college that just <laughs> dressed from a different time period. I will not conform to your fashion <laughs> statement. <laughs> My mum turned to me and she looked at me and she said, you know what, Claire? You've always been slightly odd. You're the unicorn of my children. Now, I don't know if this is a compliment or, you know, some sort of piss take, but I am the strange one. So the other short story I can tell you is that there's this tree. Now, it's halfway between where I grew up to the seawall by the Thames. Yeah, obviously, you walk through fields to get there to the seawall. And I used to walk there a lot because, as you probably realised, I'm a little bit weird. I like to be outside. I like the flowers. I like the butterflies. Or as your mum puts it, slightly odd. (laughs) It's a smidge odd. (laughs) But you crack on with them now, butterflies. Come, what, what, what as long true? as you're go not on. that kid pulling the wings off the butterflies, <laughs> I don't think we have anything to worry about, Claire. But you always walk this one route. However, there's this tree right in the middle of the route. The path runs adjacent to this tree. 
for as long as I can remember, I have been terrified of this tree and I refer to it as the hanging tree. Both my sisters have the same feeling about it. None of my friends used to like walking past it. But anyway, you had to walk past it to get to the seawall. It terrifies me. And as soon as you get within viewing distance of it, as soon as you can see the tree, I look at my feet and the path ahead of me and I do not look up until I am well and truly past the tree like the same distance behind the tree that I started looking down at my feet in front of the tree and the whole time that I'm walking I repeat over to myself in my head if you don't look up you can't see it if you don't look up you can't see it it's sort of like when you know like when a kid plays hide and seek where they just cover their eyes <laughs> if I, I can't, can't see, see you it, you can't see me <laughs> I'm not here <laughs> You're cheating. <laughs> I don't think that's how the, the rules of the world work. Well, that's how we'll make it work, Jay. And I've done this for as long as I can remember. And I know, now I've got no proof or anything, but I know deep within my soul that if I look up, I'm going to see something that I cannot unsee. And that terrifies me. Slightly less spooky. I know, it's, <laughs> it's more just you're scared of a tree. <laughs> And I mean, we've been scared of trees, don't get me wrong. We've told some tree stories that got me fucked up. Every time I step into the studio, I fear for my life after that one episode where we bad-mouthed foliage. That is true. Me too. And now... So I do get your qualms, but... Do I just look at my feet when I'm in here? (laughs) Evidently, I do from how I read. He's not looking at paper with words on, that's for sure. I write all of the notes on the soles of my feet. There is also this lady that I used to see. I lived in a flat on the Thames by the Wolf in Greys and my kitchen and living room faced the river and I would often watch the ships go by and whatnot and I'd always see this Victorian lady. She'd walk up and down, you'd always see her from the side, you know, profile, bun in her hair, long Victorian dress, laced neck piece you know like how you would imagine a victorian lady to dress but she'd walk back and forth back and forth and you'd see her but you'd never really you know there's nothing scary about her or anything like that she was just doing whatever she was doing and i was doing whatever i was doing no one else seemed to notice her and she weren't hurting no one but this one particular day i was watching the boats and i got this really weird feeling like all the hairs stood up on my body and i thought fuck this what's going on had a look look around and i see her and i thought that's weird like normally i don't have a reaction to her because like i said i've seen her a lot at this point but it's different today she walks past my flat stops in front of my living room and turns now like i said i've only ever seen her side on and when i tell you that this bitch had no face this bitch had no face girl what (laughs) i don't like anything like that no that terrifies i need a face that's something straight out of a horror movie yeah also is there like a fucking zoo going on in the background did you hear a cat i swear i heard a cat purring i thought i had a bear at one point (laughs) it's all kicking off the zoo house I want to go there. <laughs> Take the kids out for a day. I was, like, zoo. I was like, am I going insane? Or is that, is that a cat purring? Oh, damn. <laughs> Claire in the big zoo house. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something there. <laughs> took me a while to get to it. Fucking comedic genius that is, <laughs> it took, Jamie. It took me a while. I got there, though. We got there in the end. 
the void of where her face was was so black. It's a black I've never right. seen and I've never seen since. It's It was akin to, you know, when people say, oh, I've seen the light, I had a near-death experience, but the white was so white. This black was so black. It terrified me. I dropped to the floor as if hiding behind, you know, underneath the window so that she couldn't see me. Hiding behind the window. The window is see-through. <laughs> <laughs> just... Just you know, I can still see out. you, right? It's the same thing as earlier when you cover your eyes like, I can't see you, you can't see me. I bet Claire's real shit to play hide and seek with. Claire's <laughs> like the obvious peeper down in the street. You see her at the window all the time watching I like everyone. people watching, but no one knows I do it. Everyone's and then there's Claire just <laughs> like full body-sized windows. There's just Claire in the middle of the window. But not Claire's in hand. <laughs> <laughs> And when you spar, the binoculars come down and the one hand just covers her eyes. I kept my blind shut for about a week. I moved shortly afterwards, but it wasn't it wasn't connected. I was just moving. Um so yeah. You can't fool me, Claire. Yes, definitely sounds like because something I'd say. I'd be getting the fuck out of there as well. Wasn't wasn't connected. No shame. Not wasn't connected. Wasn't connected. I was moving anyway. Wasn't connected at all. Didn't have nothing to do with the fact I had no clean underwear left because of this one situation. Yeah, there's no shame in it, Claire. There's no shame. We all make dookie in pants sometimes, Claire. I'd be moving as well. I would be straight out of there. And I would definitely be saying, Oh no, they're connected. <laughs> I don't want to live with a ghost. (laughs) Especially one lacking a face. (laughs) Yeah. I will now tell you my favourite story. Although it's a sad story, it does bring me some comfort. I was living with my nan. Actually, that's where I moved after the wolf in Greys. Moved in with my nan. She wasn't very well. Had lung cancer. She was in hospital, but I was getting the house ready for her to come home and she was going to unfortunately pass away at home. Now, we'd lost my grandfather when I was five, so I'm getting the house ready. But my twin sister was with me, and we'd fallen out because my mum had bought us crosses on our 21st birthday. So they never left our necks. Well, mine never did. Sarah used to take hers off when she would shower or bath, but she'd always put it on the mirror in the bathroom. Now, bear in mind, there's only two of us living there at the moment, and my nan, but my nan's in hospital. And about a week or so before, she comes down and says, where the fuck is my cross? What have you done to it, Claire? Now, I swear, I have not touched this cross. Right? She doesn't believe me. Effin and Jeffin doesn't talk to me for a couple of days. Whatever. She was mad. Proper mad. And it didn't matter what I said. Would not believe me. So, anyway. Fucking donkeys, and it? <laughs> so, we got a bear. We got a cat. We got a dog. We got a donkey. I'm waiting for a cluck. I'm waiting for a... <laughs> An elephant? elephant noise. That wasn't it, was it? <laughs> that was that impressive. Was that was better. I liked that. That was better. Do it again. <laughs> Just trying to give <laughs> you an aneurysm. She's upstairs in her bedroom whilst I'm tidying up and I have hoovered everything, polished everything, washed everything, changed bed sheets, everything. And the phone rings. Unfortunately, it, it was a phone call to, to let me know that my nan wouldn't be coming home and that it was a, a matter of days, if not hours. So obviously devastated. I walk up the stairs and as I get... Claire, fucking hell, get the dog away from the donkey where we are. Causing fucking chaos over there. <laughs> it's the dog and donkey fight. <laughs> it's the dog and donkey illegal fighting ring. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we got her. <laughs> we got her. The podcast was a ruse from day one. First we got Andy, a letter fraud. <laughs> now we've got you for a legal dog donkey fight. <laughs> Taking them down one by one. <laughs> I walk up the stairs. And as I get halfway up the stairs, I stopped and turned around to the bottom. Sorry, my dog's being an arsehole. Right, okay, he stopped now. Like I said, I'm halfway up the stairs. I turn around, look at the base of the stairs, and there is a silhouette of a man. Now, I'm not scared. And in fact, I felt really peaceful. Like, Not like the fucking dog, <laughs> eh? Fuck it. I'm looking over at Jay, and he's almost in tears at the fact that this is going to take hours to edit out the fucking dog. Oh, man. You, I'm going to try AI. I'm going to try to use the AI for this one. <laughs> thanks, Claire. I'm Jay's gonna, crying I'm now. I'm handing this one off to AI Ruth. <laughs> she can edit Yeah, Ruth, consider this your punishment for poor attitude. I'm not scared. And in fact, I felt really peaceful. Like, I just felt really relaxed and just, it's all right. Everything's going to be all right. Carried on, went upstairs, went and spoke to my sister, said, Nan's not coming home. There was tears, as there would be. I walked back downstairs, stopped exactly where I'd stopped as I was going up the stairs. This time, however, I looked to the hallway and in the doorway of the hallway and the living room. Now, bear in mind, I'd been hoovering and everything. Sarah's cross was laid out in a straight line through the doorway. And I called back to her and I was like, Sarah, come here, you've got to fucking come here. Just leave me alone, I'm not coming, I'm like, I'm upset. And I'm like, fucking get here, you've got to see this, you will not believe me. I can't tell you because you won't believe me. And she comes down, she stands next to me on the step, looks over and I point, look, it's your fucking cross, bruv. She just starts sobbing. I went downstairs and she stayed on the spot and I picked up this cross and when I tell you it was cold, it was freezing, like freezing, freezing, stang my fingers to hold it and I gave it to her and I said, I knew I'd seen Pop and that was what we called my granddad, but it hadn't really registered until I'd seen the cross because I had to go and tell my sister this awful news. It didn't really register what had happened to me on the way to tell my sister this news until I saw the cross. And to this day, it brings me some sense of comfort to know that it was my granddad. I can't prove it, but I know it deep within me. I know that it was my granddad and I know that he must have taken that cross a couple of weeks before because he knew what was going to happen. He knew that she wouldn't be coming home and as some sort of way to say, it's okay, I'm going to look after her. That made the whole process bearable. It really did. And when I told my mum the following day, she sobbed and said that she'd seen her dad in her dream that night. So yeah weird i hope you enjoy the first clip and hope any of it is usable again apologies for my asshole dogs oh there comes the bulldog <laughs> there comes the bull there comes the rhino <laughs> thanks claire thanks claire. <laughs> i like that last one it was very sentimental yeah it was, I, it I always was nice. hold a special place for those kind of ones it sort of like tugs on your heartstrings yeah because all you want to do is see that person i think that's a lot of what ghosts are for people and as a person listening to the story you just don't want to try and debunk it in the slightest it doesn't matter either it doesn't matter no. if i believe it or if you believe it if that person believes it in their heart then who's to say it's not real or who's to say it's not real to them so it's it is real in a way anyway doesn't 
doesn't matter what we think or what anyone thinks. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're beautiful stories, those kind of stories. And I wouldn't even try and debunk. No. Because it's not for me to say. It's not for anyone to say. If you felt that way and you felt it in your gut and in your heart, then it's real. Yeah. And it's a nice little change of pace from last week's story where we were shitting at <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Two minutes in, it's nice to end on a note that's not <laughs> not going to have me up till three o'clock <laughs> <in the morning. laughs> quivering in my duvet. But yeah, I think we're going to call it there. We're going to call Thanks it there. Thanks again, Claire, for your stories. That is going to do it for us at From the Word Ghost this week. Join us next week and we'll... Could, no, 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 no. Jay, if they want to be like Claire... <laughs> said, I was quite... I was looking forward to this part because you messed it up so badly last week that I wanted to see how you do this week. And, well, you know, it seems like it's going to be a recurring thing. <laughs> You've done me proud. I didn't start out strong and I sure as fuck ain't finishing strong. <laughs> if you, you want to be like Claire and send in your listener's story, Jay, where can I send it to? You please? can send your stories to from the word ghost at gmail.com or slide into our Instagram DM. Slide into them DM. I don't think you should do a slide. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. You can solo slide. <laughs> Whee! On that one kid stood punishment. at the side of the pool watching everyone else have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Join us next week and we'll continue to explore the unknown together. Good night. Good night.